Good evening and happy Halloween. If you're just tuning in, you are listening live to the Angel Rock on United Public Radio Network, also known as UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 out of New Orleans, Louisiana. I am your host, Laura Lee Potvin. A little bit about myself. I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium, crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher and mentor. And I'm also a registered nurse. If you've never been to my show and if you're returning, Welcome. A little bit about the show is, I say, cover all aspects of the esoteric, the paranormal, spirituality, power of the positive, power of positivity and the mind, a little bit of truth seeking thrown in, just a little hodgepodge here and there. And I'm glad to have you here. Now, I have a returning guest. This never, ever, ever happens. And I'm so glad that he was able to fill in. We did have somebody booked for Halloween. Unfortunately, we weren't able to make it. But I had originally had thought, geez, it would be awesome if I could have this guest for Halloween. And it worked out. So let me read his bio to you if you haven't met him yet. Like I said, he was here last week. Make sure to check this, the show out. We're covered wherever podcasts are or talk radio. So David Hansel has been able to sense, see, and hear spirits from a very young age after a near-death experience. As an adult, he decided to spend his life in service to spirit, giving them a voice to tell their stories and deliver messages to their loved ones. With this dedication, he has been able to help others to understand and validate that there is life after death, and I agree, and how to proceed on their life's journeys with the help of angels and spirit guides and their loved ones who have crossed over. Welcome, David. I'm so glad to have you here. Fun to be back again. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I'm so glad because when we were talking about what were we going to do, because I was thinking, should we have a paranormal panel or what? But we were getting into a lot of stuff. But you, I think, had the perfect vibe. You said, let's talk, keep in the Halloween vibe and really talk about spooky, scary <laughs> stuff, right? This is Willow, by the way. She's bothering me. So we'll bring her up I here. love, how old is Willow? Because her brothers, you have her brothers too, right? Yeah. Too. They're all six months old now. Oh, she's a peanut. Wow. Still, she is a, a lap cat, which means I, I sit down on the lap, no matter where I am. It doesn't matter. I'm um, sure you don't mind because who? why would you I'll, have pets, right? You want to cuddle with them. The funny thing is all three of the, the entire families that way. Uh, but the two boys, they like to stand up on their hind legs in front of me and they will be picked up. And then it's really cute. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Like, literally like babies. And I wondered, are any of these reincarnations of my other pets? But I can't, I don't get a vibe from it. Uh, I but- believe this. Okay. I think we talked about this a long time ago. And I think you had said you didn't think that pets, I think it was you. It might've been somebody else that said they didn't believe our pets can be reincarnated. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. Pardon? Yes, they can. Yeah. Yes. I didn't think it was you. It was somebody I was talking to and I thought, no, that's not true because, okay, I had this dog, Tiffany or Tiffy for short. And I'm sorry, people don't mean to upset anybody, but I called her demon spawn because she really was. She looked like the Benji dog from the seventies, little terrier. And that dog was evil like when she bit my first husband every day we were married they hated each other and uh she would do all kinds of things but um one of the things if you touched her when she was eating she would literally sound like she was possessed and back in the day this shows my age we did not have cell phones we had the phones with the cords you know what i'm talking about dave anyways so what we would do just to be smart 
asses, I guess I'll say, we would call people up when we knew they weren't home and we would get Tiffy to eat, me and my roommate at the time when I was single, and we would pet Tiffy. So when people would get home, they would sound, hear this horrific noise coming through the answering machine. So Tiffy went off to the Rainbow Bridge. That's a whole story in itself. Um, but years later, we were awaiting the birth of our puppy we were getting. I had kids at this time, still friends with the lady I got. Her name was Miley. And she was supposed to be a Chorky, this little tiny peanut. There was only two puppies born, her and her brother. Miley was the epitome of Tiffy. Identical, I can show you pictures. The only thing was, it was like she chose in this lifetime to come back with a beautiful personality. She has since crossed the Rainbow Bridge, but there wasn't a mean bone in her body. But I could not believe how identical these two dogs look. Yeah, you wonder. It's it. It could be that they came back as the same exact dog. I, I mean, I have some interesting animal stuff. Um, animals do come back, as we said. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was you. It was somebody I had on that that was an animal lover, like we are. And of course, I never argue with people because I don't know all the answers. Like. It's just what I believe in my own experiences like themselves. From what I know is the animals uh, that become pets uh, of ours and we come close to, they don't, it's rare that they do come back. I mean, they do, I shouldn't say rare. Uh, mm -hmm. Come back if need be, but you know, they come here for a lot of times for you. Mm -hmm. And then they learn something in the if they that, if they were to believe or the other side or guides or whoever were to believe that it would be very beneficial for that animal to come back again, it will. But you made a good point that the animal's personality is different. Well, it was a 180. It was like it, it um, the first incarnation she was going to try what Tiffy was. And then when she came back as Miley, and I'm sure she did, she was a 180. But like I said, and they don't always come back. You're right. The same breed or anything. It was no. just so odd. Like I can send you pictures. They look identical. If these dogs. Sensor felt that, that I was telling people, if you sense or feel that that animal, the reincarnation of other animal, please just go with it. It's yeah. okay. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Um, sometimes they'll come back with a totally different personality because of the fact it's, if, if they if they feel that they didn't teach you what they needed to teach you that way, they'll come back again this way. And then just like us, they come back a blank slate. They know they have a mission in the back of their mind. They also develop personality just like we do. So things change. Right. So um, I would say that the dog probably most likely was, you know, mm -hmm. it's different animals. Um, but fun, if you want to talk, since we're Halloween and talk about animals. Yes. One of the first books when I was a very, very, very young child was called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. Ooh. And it was a book about, oh, it had fun ghost games in it, like uh, The Devil in the Dishes. And it had, I remember the first poem that I read, because I mean, I was like seven when I read this book. Um, it was Four Little Ghosts Sitting on Postus Eating Buttered Toasters. Aww. I, ever forgotten that but any chapter in there and that's actually also where i heard the very first story the first time of where's my golden arm i don't know if you ever heard that i haven't yeah it's a it's a it's a fun story that you tell you know around the camp mm -hmm. but 
the thing about if you want how to see ghosts and i was right away i was like okay i hear because as a child i mean you got to remember i was hearing these things constantly calling my name doing this so when i as a little child saw how to see the ghosts, i'm like i need to know how to see you yeah well and it said that to look through the ears of your dog because animals see spirit yes that's so cool i've never heard that one wonderfully well i that's what i did as a child we had a little dog it was a little uh this little french poodle gray poodle mm -hmm. and her was angel <laughs> angel didn't really care for me that much angel <laughs> demon spawn um, yes. but, but i remember I was sitting there and i was trying to see see the ghost through her ears and, and i would i would always ask her like in my head do you see anything and she would look around and she would stare and i would mm -hmm. look in her ears going i don't see them i don't see them i figured out as a as a when i got older that it's not just looking through the ears the one thing it left out was you have to connect to the animal yes so you have to psychically connect to the animal once I started psychically connecting to animals, yeah, I can see them very, uh, pretty good with animals, you know. You are good. And that, now this is one thing, and I know I'm standing in my own way, but being able to communi communicate with animals, because both of my boys have gifts. I know they have gifts. I have known this since they were little. I never pushed it on them. I wasn't even real, I wasn't doing even what I'm doing now back then, but I knew enough about that world. And yeah. I always have, um, I think I have a video. If I haven't have it up, I know I did one before. I'll have to check and see if I've uploaded it. But it's called What a Tattoos and Angel Cards Have to Do with Each Other. Nothing. But that, I went to get my first tattoo at the age of 43. And I, when I walked in, the lady said to me, you have two very special boys. And I said, well, thank you. But all children are special. She said, no, they're they're very, very special. And she said, do you mind if I do something with them? And I said, well, as long as you're not going to hurt them or anything. Okay. So I was watching her. And at the time, I didn't know what she was doing. And she had taken, I think they're called, I think called mochi balls. I'm trying to remember. They're, I know what they are. I have the, they're two crystals that you use together, male and masculine, feminine energy. But she was like banging them all around and doing all this stuff, right? And I, I think if I remember correctly, like this is so God, what? 14 years ago, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm just checking their energy and aura and things like that, right? And then she said to me, you still there, Dave? Yep, I'm, I'm still here. You... Can you hear me? Oh, I'm still I here. You... We lost yep, you off Kitty, camera. Kitty just knocked my, uh, uh, Kitty just knocked my um, uh, camera out. Let me see Oh, no can. worries, no worries. Just wanted to make sure you were still there. So anyways, and... then she said to me, what, there you are. Now you're kind of back. There's half of you. Well, now there, you are. there you go. Now you're back. And then she said to me, what do you do? And I said, what do you mean? What do I do? And she goes, I'm picking something up about you. And I said, mm, I don't know. I'm a nurse, but I'm off with my back. And she said, well, is there anything you're drawn to? And I said, well, I don't know. I've always kind of been drawn to angels and unicorns and fairies. And she said, hang on. And she ran in the back room and she hands me this box. And I said, what is this? And she said, you'll know. And I said, well, what do I do with them? You'll know. And I said, well, when do you want these back? You'll know. 
And that's kind of what got me into taking my certified angel card reading course and what, but my whole point of standing in the way with animal communication is I always knew because my boys, never mind that sort of felt confirmed by a stranger. I got to know her very well and she's still a friend and she's very spiritually inclined and I believe very intuitive as well. But uh, my boys would always tell me what the animals were thinking. Always. Even my youngest being, you know, sort of limited communication wise. And my son now teaches me. He's going, Mom, it's so easy. It's just so easy. I said, it's easy for you because you've done it since you were little and you were never pushed, but you were supported. That is also the key in mm -hmm. animal communication, I think, is you have to get that simplicity in your mind. Adults always are imagining fear-based stuff. And we're also, you know, yes. somebody's, uh, a lot of people, when they try to communicate with animals, right away, they go to the death of the animal, right off the bat. And that's because that's what we think is important as adults is the death of the animal. And it's not that the animal, right. the animal could care less. The animal went boop, right over. A lot yeah. easier than humans do is to go into, you have to go into that childlike innocence. You have to go back to that. You have to go So back. you're talking about speaking to the animal in spirit form. The spirit or, or even here. Um, no, but I'll, that's what you're addressing. Cause you said death of the animal. And I thought, did I hear you right? Cause it kind of cut out. I know what you're talking about. Let's talk about that for just one second though. Cause I think that's really important. And I think it's so important too, when our loved ones leave us because people it's natural for us to have that grieving process. I understand that, but especially with an animal, like they know they're here to live, they have a purpose and they're here to die. But once our loved ones even pass and they could have been terrified to pass, yeah. but once they do, I always try and explain to people, maybe I don't use the right words, but they're whole, they're their true self. They're really who they are. They lose a lot of those human frailties and what, yeah. and they're not sad. They're healthy, they're whole, right? Yeah, it's when we go, when a soul decides to go through that light, some souls don't, and, and that's, and this will lead into something for later, but the souls who don't go into that light are usually the souls who end up as ghosts. Those are the yeah, ones let's that talk about them. Yeah. haven't gone all the way over. And some of them stay in the astral plane, some of them fear going over, which I want to address later. Um, and, but, the, but when you actually go through that light, through that light, you are you are there. There's no coming back. The cord gets cut. That silver cord gets cut. You start dropping all kinds of emotions. So um, jealousy, fear, anger. That start that starts hatred and goes away. Yeah, hatred, all those human frailties, as I call them. You might have to explain to some people listening, because we're going all over the world. What is the silver cord? I know what the silver cord is, but people may be saying, what's the it, silver cord? Metaphorically, I'm going to say, and some people actually said they've seen it, um, mm -hmm. it which I'm not going to doubt that because everybody's perception is different of something. Yeah. We can't sit here and judge someone's perception. We all see an apple differently. Yeah. So, but um, the silver cord is the connection between the soul and the physical body. Once mm -hmm. the physical body is done and you cannot go back into it, maybe it's mangled, maybe it's dead, maybe it's death, whatever, the silver cord is cut and the soul will never go back into that body. Another soul cannot possess that body because there's no way to do it, really. I can't even, 
I've people ask me, they're like, well, that person left that body and another soul snuck into it. It's like, nope, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. There's remind me because I want to ask you about zombies and there's a reason why. So remind me while you're, I still want to hear what you have to say here though. Uh, once a silver cord is cut and you go through the light, you are in what some people, most people on this earth refer to as heaven. I don't really refer to any one place because my idea of heaven is different than other people's idea of heaven and vice versa. It's just how it goes. And mm -hmm. I always tell people, people have to agree upon a perception in order to be in the same place. So a lot of souls will agree to be in that place when they first get there, because that's how we kind of decompress. So there's a lot of people who will go to a world that looks a lot like this world. It's warm and there's people walking around and you know, it's just wonderful. They can see their bodies. They can see, you know, they'll still going to feel different, but they'll see their bodies. They'll see that. Um, like with me and my near death, I saw very little of that, except for the buildings I was going in and out of were beautiful. But for the most part, I spent a lot of my time up in this beautiful, silky, velvety black sky with all these lights. Ooh. So that's where I spent most of my time. And that's where I felt comfortable. And that's where I felt whole and big. Um, and then I saw other beings up there outside of what humans look like. So I'm like, oh, okay, these are the beings that I know. Um, so these are the ones. Um, and then people ask me, won't you see your parents when, you know, whatever? I'm like, yeah, because you can always go to any part. As long as your vibration matches it, you can go. If you're an evil person, they're not going to end up in that beautiful world. Their vibration will never even let them in. Nobody's keeping them from there. Their vibration is keeping them from there. You just explained that so beautifully because you, you know, being raised in religion and Roman Catholic and there's hell and there's heaven and, you know, and when we know now there is no hell. Now that's what may upset a lot of people, but I think you said something that was very key to this. The vibration has to match to where you, where you, you go. go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just pretend like I'm in a really high vibration on the other side. So all mm -hmm. that and say like um, Jerry, we'll call this phone Jerry. So me and Jerry okay. and everything, we both go. Now, but I'm at a higher vibration or doing something different than he is over there. I can still go where Jerry is and I can go to my place. Jerry can't go there yet, but I can always mm -hmm. go to Jerry. And Jerry mm -hmm. can always go down and Jerry can always go down. When Jerry gets to that higher vibration, he'll be able to go up here too. And then he'll be able to visit down and visit down. So. It's kind of like school. You don't go to kindergarten and then jump to 12th grade. Right. Kindergarten, you work yourself way up, work your way up. Some people skip some grades. Some people do that. That's fine. Yeah. Once you get to that certain grade, you can do any grade that was before you, but none that are above you. Gotcha. And it's not, it's not like a, a it's not a punishment. It's not anything else. It's literally based on knowledge and what you've gained not just knowledge of smarts. Like here, people think a smart person read a bunch of books and went to college. That is not the knowledge that they're talking about over there. The knowledge they're talking about is the experience of every emotion and almost every situation. I was just thinking this experience, it's experience, how much you've experienced. And again, it's not a punishment to go to kindergarten or third grade, right? It's just where you are at that time with where you are in development. That would be your very young soul time, you know, soul mm -hmm. Somebody who you know is past college and been working in their field for a while that's a mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they come and visit back um 
And then when people ask me, well, what about evil people? Do they go to this place called hell? Where do all these monsters and demons and all that come from on TV? I will tell anybody this, and I don't want anyone to take this wrong, but I want you to know this. Anything you see as far as a, a fairy, a goblin, a monster, anything, there has to be some kind of energy that somebody had to see. So that means that it does exist somewhere. When people make up monsters in their mind, that energy never goes. It has to exist somewhere now. Okay. That is the same monster that can come back and see you. Uh, when people say, I seen this guy and his face was half torn off and it was scary and he was coming to get me. I'm like, stop and think about this. If there is a spirit that is low energy, and, and if I say low energy in this, you can call it evil. If you, and people can call it evil if they feel like it, that's fine. Um, but low energy, if they're of low energy and they're trying to get to you for whatever reason, because maybe they're just plain jerks, because let's let's face it, there's a-holes on this side and that side. Okay, um, They can present how you see them any way they want. So uh, case in point, I, I did a... Um, an investigation and people talked about this terrible little girl in the house. And there's like so many people who talked about her um, and they said oh, she was evil and stuff. And then they talked about a, it was a mentally ill gentleman who lived in the basement and he was the second one that I saw there. I, they didn't tell me about him. I walked around and I go look down this tiny little basement. It's a very old house in Virginia tiny little basement down in the steps and I look and I and I saw that face come right around the door and I have to admit it it jump scared me I was okay like, I was like dude I and and all I did is I backed up real quick and they go what I'm like nothing I said his he's down here and I just said you know dude I said I don't want to be scared of you so can I see you again and then I could start to see the shadows come back again and then I got the connection to him and the people who saw him were correct. He was mentally ill in this lifetime in that house. And he was also a caretaker of the house. And they made him live in that basement. That was where just one of the quarters were. He was not abused. He was not treated well, though. Uh, and he told me all about it. But people have, so many people came into that house with a fear. And one thing led to the other about that gentleman. So uh, you know how we pile on stories? So that gentleman was in the basement. Other people saw him and then they would embellish the story. Yeah, I saw him peek around the corner and then he shouted out brains, brains, or, you know, <laughs> whatever. They're going to make up stuff. As people make up stuff about things, if they don't have the right information, that fear-based energy stays in that space. So anybody who walked down in that basement, even if they weren't psychic, would probably feel something very terrible because of all the fear-based energy that was there, not knowing that that guy really isn't. He's just hanging out there. He wasn't even stuck. He liked being there, you know? I had tried to ask him if he went to the other side or it was all the way over, and, and I couldn't get an answer from him, so I don't know to this day. But um, he that was very fear-based. Also, the little girl. Everybody talked about a little girl getting murdered in the house. Now, I saw the little girl, and then I talked to her, and I asked her, I said, were you murdered in the house? And she said, no, I ran away. She ran away, she ran away. And when she ran away, there was in this a well in the back. And she fell down that well. Um, it's found, but she died shortly after that of like just 
common things like uh, you know back in that time. It was just sicknesses. But in order to find out if my story was true, we went around the property with divining rods. And we found the divine rods kept crossing in the place and we kept going on and on. So then they went to, uh, in the city, that yes, that was a well. They said, yeah, that's a well. How did you know? And I'm like, me. <laughs> I was like, I do. Um, so that was, that's how we got the story right. The little girl it wasn't as bad, but that house had a lot of fear-based energy in there. Okay. There was another spirit in there there that was not pleasant at all that mm -hmm. dude was nasty he was and i knew he was nasty to women i was with a friend of mine who's a psychic at the time and i was in this room where and i said they played cards in this room i said this guy played cards in this room and i said he was a heavy drinker because all i could smell were cigars and this whiskey yeah. and there's something in there and they're like, yeah, yeah, the owner of the house was, that's right. And they went on and on. And I said, he was a womanizer too. I said, he was very terrible, the woman. I said, I think he raped three women. Oh my God. On and on. They said they wouldn't doubt it. They could, we couldn't confirm that, of course, because it was like, you know, 90 years prior. But he was nasty. And when I was with the other psychics, they didn't know this either. They kept saying, there's a dude in here calling his name. So I'm like, ha, I know who it is. <laughs> I'm like, I was talking to him earlier. We all went back in there and talked to him. He was not going to leave that place. That was his place. He spent all his money there and he lost it. And that's why he stays there still to this day, I guess. And and isn't that sad because there's no time on the other side. It's true, but God knows how long he'll be there because because he can't accept that he lost it, and that it, and I think he actually has a fear of going. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. I went over or not. I mean, I don't know if every detail of that story is right. We confirmed quite a bit of it, but my thinking is that the guy's probably still there to this day. Um, I think the only now there are people called rescue mediums and. For the most part, somebody who's a rescue medium who's been doing it for quite a while and they're doing it within their heart space and not for oh, I'm a rescue medium, you know, that kind of thing. I think they should send somebody there just to let that dude know, hey, you're okay if you go over. You're not going to, you know, you, you're not going to be punished and thrown to hell. You have to know what you did, though. So mm -hmm. you know, they don't lie to him because they can't. Mm -hmm. but, Someone like that, he did do some bad things while I was here. And um, I know a lot of people think that's deserving of hell. And I and, and I guess as a human being, I would think, yeah, he needs some sort of punishment. But you know what? The punishment he gets from knowing what he caused people and then eventually having to have to go through the situation, you know, to have those same situations and feelings thrown at him from the opposite side, you know, mm -hmm. from a in person and he plays the innocent person it's going to be hell enough mm -hmm. but that's how they learn but the sad part is right like if you think about it like say you know when we've met people we all have just nothing seems to go right they really have an awful life like there's lots of loss or whatever it may be but for you know what we're talking about right now maybe it was something they had done in a previous life or you know what i'm saying they're experiencing it from the other side but we don't remember, right? So it just feels so awful. Yeah, we just, we don't remember, but we might have like something in the background that says, mm -hmm. you know, hey, um, karma is a weird thing and it does change your life. You know, when 
part of my um my near death which i and i don't speak a lot about it because i think it scares people and i and i, I really wish it and i'm not saying it to scare people but i will say this that i had to go through a part of my life before the coma and they showed me all the things that in my mind were dragging me down and I thought were so awful and I thought of myself as such a terrible person and I had to know what they were and confront them just so they could tell me you were too hard on yourself it wasn't as bad as you thought <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god all that karma went away I think about now when I think about weird stuff that comes up that people say that might be embarrassing or something. I'm not embarrassed or mad about it. I'm like, yeah, that was something I did. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. You know, I think let it, it go. Yeah, you got to let stuff go in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's probably the key to progressing is letting things go. And just so people know, you know, they always say, am I going to be able to go to heaven or I'm going to have to come back again? I'm not going to come back again. It's like more, most likely those people, yeah, you are coming back again. I'm kind of of the mind that I try to do my best. Every day is a new day. Some days yeah. I'm not always successful, but I do what I can. And I know that I call it going back home. But when you go back home, I will know, I always say then I'll have the answers maybe I don't have now and it'll be what it's going to be. Yeah. I just try to live the best that I possibly can. And again, I'm not always and and what happens happens. If you can make amends for something, maybe you've hurt somebody inadvertently or whatever you've done. But you gotta move forward. And yeah. that's part of the healing process, right? Even of healing some of the things we're hanging on to. Yeah. And like people who when when people who do stuff bad to them and then they say, Well, I'm glad they got hurt now and I, or I'm glad they're dead or I'm glad they're this and that. That emotion right there is going to drag you down when you go over. I always tell the best people, and the hardest thing to do in this lifetime for anybody is to just go ahead and just, okay. all the, just forgive all the people who've done crap to you. Just go ahead and forgive them. That's it's, really hard, Dave. It is. It's not easier. You know, it's it's harder said than done. But, when, you know, I had some people do some terrible things to me, absolutely awful things. And do I love them? No. Uh, do, do I like them? No, but do I forgive them? Yeah, I don't care. Whatever went in their mind to do that, I just always say to myself, you know what though? I wouldn't be the person I am today if they wouldn't have done what they did to me. That's true. It always mean that you're gonna be a better person if they didn't. You might've been a worse person, who knows? We don't know. I mean, I- But I, it's I, a I, gift to yourself, right? When like, again, uh, you know, when we're, cause we work with people doing a bit of counseling, what help you, what have you, whatever you wanna call it. Yeah. But when you talk about forgiveness, and I admit to people, it's a hard thing. And I've, I'm still working on some things like my childhood growing up with, you know, my mother. Do I hate her? No. And somebody had recently reached out to me and told me something bad that had happened to my mom. And they thought I would be celebrating. And I actually was in tears. And I said, that's terrible. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Nobody deserves something like that. You don't have to forgive their action. That's where I was going with this. We don't have to forgive the action, but forgive the person. You don't have to love them, like you said, or even like them. But we, you're, you're basically unpacking what we've been hanging on, taking up space, if you will, in our heads and making room for something better, I believe. Letting it just go. And what people don't understand is every time when you hate somebody and it goes on that long, you have a karmic, you keep that karmic debt between the two of you. So that means it has to be worked out. 
It's never going to go away. So if it doesn't go away for you in this life, and it doesn't go away from them, when you go to the other side, you will confront each other again. You will say, hey, hey, we're going to have to go back down there again, maybe as different people, and go through the same situation and see if we can't do it this time, fix it this time. Well, plus the other thing is when we hang on to, because I've run into a few individuals recently that something had happened to them that was horrific for them to go through, but say a relationship didn't work out. Instead of being able to step back and think, you know what, that was a gift. I was only in that relationship for a couple of years. I didn't marry them. I didn't have children, but hell bent on revenge. I've seen a lot of people on this and you can talk to people who have gotten revenge, they'll say, and it never feels, I, I've yet to see anybody say celebrate and actually feel really good down to their core when no. revenge takes place. True, beautiful human soul not feel good once the revenge is carried out. Mm -hmm. And they right. expect it to, and then there are a lot of people really shocked when they realize that, holy cow, like, I don't feel any better. Yeah, and the ones that do feel really good about it and happy, trust me, <laughs> those are the ones who are not going to be up to your level. Mm -hmm. That makes mm -hmm. sense without saying anything bad. Uh, but those are the ones that pretty much I just tell people, you know, Hey, we all get in those little tips. I mean, you can do that. We're human beings. We're, we're spirits mm -hmm. in a human life. So we have to, we're working with an ego, which we have to have here. So I just want to play with it. Go ahead and be catty. But at the end, in the end, you have to go, you know what? It's cool. It's all Make good. friends with it. Okay. I want to ask you this. You're going to think it's crazy, but I want to ask you when we were talking about the silver cord, mm -hmm. about zombies. And there's a reason why. Because I don't know if you've ever seen this on your official government website, well, FEMA actually, they have a whole zombie preparation thing. They have a practice scenario for it. To me, why would they have that? I've even seen some AI. Like, is this AI that they're, I don't know. I'm going to ask you. We're talking about creepy, weird things tonight. Well, I don't want to kill it. I want to tell you a good, fun, scary story about stuff like that. Um, if the zombies, I believe what they're talking about have nothing to do with uh, death or the soul. Uh, the soul would still be in the body or the soul would still be with that body. It's, it has to do with, uh, I think they're speaking of chemical warfare type zombies. Oh, I do too. Mm -hmm. I think it has because it's think that a zombie could come back out of the ground and get you is about is, not the ground, but like, look at like the walking dead, for example, like it looked like it was a virus. Somebody bites you. And that's what it would be. It would be a zombie virus, but an actual zombie. I mean, it's kind of funny because in religion, like in, in, I don't want to bash Christians. I'm not here doing that, but in like Christian religions or Catholics, they always say that rest in peace. And what they're talking about is when somebody passes away and they bury them in the ground, that later on, when Jesus comes back, he will resurrect them from the ground. So that's why they wear what they wear. That's why they're on a pillow. That's why you know more than I do. And I was raised Catholic. <laughs> Catholics are very against, um, they were very against cremation because they're like, if they you back because in religion they still think that the body is thing that is goes over there the body never goes anywhere 
your body disintegrates and goes back to the earth eventually. I'm a bad Christian then because I want to be cremated. I've always wanted to be, or not Christian, Catholic, I guess. <laughs> With your body. I'm gonna. I'm donate. I want to donate my body to the body farm, uh, in Tennessee, where they just take the body and they throw it in the middle of the woods and then they watch it to see how fast it decomposes. And all oh, that. interesting. That's what mm -hmm. I want to do. I'm like, I don't need it. And plus, if I'm gonna be stuck with my body for a while, I'm gonna have a beautiful view of the forest. Mm -hmm. So I don't care. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't. I mean, actually, don't even really give a crap. Too. I've had, I think people get scared because there's a couple of movies out. I know there was like a Twilight Zone or something, which is really kind of a cool one where uh, a guy takes this medicine to pretend like he's going to die because I think he was going to, somebody was going to get his insurance or something. And then when he right. was like, you know, they were going to dig him up, whatever. And then they were going to share the money and all this stuff. But instead, what happened, they gave him the stuff and he realized I was in the body. The body couldn't move or anything, but he was still trapped. Ah, body, but ah. he could still feel everything and he could still sense everything, but he couldn't move. And he had to lay there during his autopsy. <gasps> and oh, that, my God. Stuff like that is, I think, what people see and that's what they get afraid of. I'm going to tell you, everybody watching, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I will tell you something that has happened and what they have developed medically, okay, yeah. to stop this. There are people that have gone under for an operation, okay, with anesthesia, but they're not under. They're just paralyzed, but they could feel everything. So I, I can. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Okay, so what they do now. And I've seen this, I, even as a nursing student, whatever. And I used to go to a lot of C-sections working in the NICU. Well, they usually didn't put the mom out, but especially if they did. And they would have to do it quickly, right? Because they'd have to get the baby out. So they want to make sure mom can't feel anything. So they have a special little device. And they'll place it on the temple, certain spot, and certain spots to text uh, the nervous system to make sure that it's basically numb, like it's not responsive. Because I remember specifically this, how many years ago, this is what an impact it had on me, asking, what are you doing as a student? Like, what is that? Like, why why are you doing that? And the doctor took the time to, the anesthetist actually took the time to explain to me why this was developed and why they do this. Yep. That's and just to stay in a nice spooky note. Did you ever think about? Did you ever hear about the graveyards or see the graveyards where they have the bells on the? Yes, yes. You know what, that, you know what that's for? I will tell yeah. you. Yes, okay. please do. Back then, why that bell was there and why they had somebody who walked around the graveyard? They worked. The, that's where the graveyard shift came from. They walked around the graveyard all night long. The sole purpose of them walking around the graveyard, I believe, was because. If they buried back then, they didn't embalm and do all that stuff. Somebody died. They thought they were dead. They put them in there and they buried. Them. Okay. That little, rope, that little rope from the bell went to the casket. So if they were alive for some reason after they were buried, they could ring the bell and the grave guy would come, you know, contact people and they would start digging them back up. Ah, uh, because that happens and it has happened. It did happen back then. Mm -hmm. That's why that was developed. Now. I have not read into it that much. Um, I mean, read books, I mean, um, about what happened to those people or why they came about. But that's always been creepy to me. I'm so glad I was telling people, make sure I'm freaking dead. When yeah. you, when you, when it's you happened in the morgue, too. I can tell you that. Not where I live, but I know there are stories of people that have been pronounced. 
Yeah. And um, when you can out somebody, as I understand it now, I couldn't do it as a nurse when I was working actively. But now, depending, like if you're in a nursing home or like somebody's expected like they're going to pass it's okay for a nurse a nurse can pronounce but even before we would call a doctor because I used to do a lot of death and dying in the home so I might get a call at two or three o'clock in the morning I just went it wasn't part of my job just you know you got to know the family and they chosen to die at home so before you would call the doctor you didn't just have a quick listen no heartbeat like you had to listen for a full three minutes to the heart check for respirations there were a lot of things you had to check yet you still hear stories of people that work in morgues that somebody that's been pronounced is in the morgue and all of a sudden they're awake they're awake now mm -hmm. bodies do move the nervous system moves some of those bodies sometimes i think that's kind of fun um i don't mean fun in a way <laughs> like you're in there in that yeah um one of the cool things that i had learned um during my near death and from talking to these guys over and over is that more times than not we're taken from our body before the actual time of death so thank you i just told somebody this because i forget who i was talking to i was doing a reading and i was explaining to the person or it was something I think I watched actually, but I've also had this conversation with certain people. But uh, the person was stating they were a medium and they were told the time of the death was two days before the person actually died. And I remember having that's what it was. And I was having a conversation with somebody about this, and I said, I do know that just what you said, they you can leave the body before you die, actually, you're clinically dead. I've done readings, many, many readings where they would bring up, the, the spirit would bring up that, um, let them know that when they were there and they thought I was gone, I was still there. And they were like, they, they told me, you know, what happened, like they held their hands and who was in the room and they said, I was still there. Uh, but, and then at some points they were going back and forth too. Um, and a lot of them go back and forth. My brother who passed away, um, when the night before he died i was in my bedroom and i looked out in the backyard i was just staring in the backyard that night i was trying to send balls of healing to him because i kept going no don't take him like you know mm -hmm. they had told me he was going to go and i was going to come back i didn't believe it so i started throwing balls of energy do anything i can and i couldn't and i just said to myself it was useless i'm like i can't do this and i looked out the window and i saw him walking around the backyard and I remember knocking on my window. I'm like, Kevin. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's not there. He's not um, And then he died the next morning. I believe that he was there that night, just kind of walking around the backyard. Oh, probably. And all that. And, and well, I saw him so clearly. And he was, and let me tell you people, as bad as he was in the hospital, he had a brain tumor and stage four lung cancer. And he was. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, oh, that's okay. Thank you. Um, and, and he had. Uh, you know, the morphine in him and all this other stuff and, and, you know, didn't look good at all. He looked great walking around the backyard. So that's, you know, he looked like himself. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you something and I have a theory about this and I agree with it. My Hi, Zach, by the way. Welcome. Happy Halloween. I did say hi, Dave. I don't know if you heard us. So welcome, guys. Um, be Feel free to share scary stories. We're trying to talk scary here, but I had... um. Where, oh, this is what I was going to mention quickly. 
with working in a nursing home or like in a hospital or whatever, we always knew when it was full moon. It's usually the full week. It's the week, that like couple days before the full moon, couple days after, right? And again, never looked, you just knew because things just went crazy at that time. But working in a nursing home with severe dementia patients, even people that could be perfectly lucid, but it's usually people with severe dementia, at nighttime during the full moon, they would literally just be wandering, 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 wandering. They literally were not there. It was like they could not see you. They would revert back to their original language. Maybe they learned as a child if it wasn't English. But I, I was having this conversation or I'd seen something on this and I really feel this is true. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I believe that when that happens with people with severe dementia, that they've, they've checked out their astral traveling, actually. The shell is still there, wandering around. I don't know if it's the energy with the full moon or what it is. It is. When they're getting, a lot of them had told me, so yes. And I can tell you from my experience of talking to them, and they validated it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, patients, and I had dementia, um, mm-hmm. hospital, that's what they thought. You know, the sepsis got to my brain, and they were going to put me in the hospital. This, dementia is a reality thing. It's so weird. Um, but... They do check out. Yeah, they will check out and they hang in the astral. And that's exactly, a lot of us hang in the astral. Uh, I had two months where I was laying in the hospital and not being able to move. Guess where I was when I wasn't going back and forth over there. I was hanging in the astral. That's how I walked Mm -hmm. around the hospital. That's how I told them the stuff I saw, you know, because Mm -hmm. we we do that a lot. We have a lot of built-in mechanisms in our human body and soul. Uh, one is immense pain, our body will shut down. That's how it goes. And then there's something I call the promise of heaven. It's like, say Dave and Laura Lee are in a car and we're driving down the highway, just chatting and laughing. Yeah. All of a Having sudden, a great time. <laughs> go spirits, we love them. And yeah. all of a sudden, it appears in front of us as a giant brick wall. Yeah. And um, Laura Lee goes to slam on the brakes so we don't hit the wall, but the brakes don't work. Yeah. Right before we hit the wall, we're most likely going to leave. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's the other thing. And this torments people. So people, please, I hope you hear this. And as I understand it, my conversation with spirit, unless you have built this into your experience, that you absolutely need to experience the pain of a death. The physical body may experience it, but you do not. You're gone. And and your death experiences, studying them for 40 years, I can tell you, I have yet to run across a, a story that somebody was there and actually experienced it and remembered the pain. Yeah, yeah, not mm-hmm. one I talked to you, the ones who even went through the pain, they can't even give me the full aspect of the pain because it's like it's wiped out of their consciousness. Mm-hmm. They're like, that was a human thing. We don't have pain here. I can only remember if I was a human having a pain. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like for us, that's like us remembering a pain. Like if I remembered uh, a pain when I fell, you know, 20 years ago. Or childbirth, believe or, me, five days of labor. I don't remember that pain and it was the worst pain I ever went through, but you don't, you forgot. You're there. It's kind of gone. I mean, you kind of know that that pain could come again if you're in that situation, but you can't really place that exactly. Yeah, but then that would be a miracle at 57. (laughs) Be a miracle for me too, because 56 and a guy. Um, (laughs) Dave, you're looking a little chubby. Um, Yeah, I'm with child. Drinking for two, yes. um, but yeah, that's that's one thing that I have heard. You you really do um, 
you really do leave and like you said which is absolutely 100 correct if it's if you don't have it built in for you to experience that then you're gonna go i i've talked to uh a gentleman the coolest thing and i think i told you this but it, it's interesting i was connected to the spirit and he showed me what it looked like in a picture and i described it, and they're like yeah i think i know who that is and then i had asked him i said do you want to tell me how you passed away or whatever and all of a sudden I found myself in the sky and it was just beautiful. And I was just looking and I thought, wait, what? I was so confused. So I'm in the sky and I'm just watching stuff in clouds. But all of a sudden he turned me over. And as he turned me over, I watched the plane go by and then he turned me back again. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh my God. And I went to the woman, I said, did your brother like parachute or something? And she in goes, skydiving? He died in a skydiving That's accident. what I thought. And that's what he showed me. And I was like, that was beautiful. He's like, yeah. He, he literally said to me, I died doing what I loved. And he said, I'd left before I hit. He said, I enjoyed. He, he said um, he was lucky because he came to terms because the chute wasn't going to open. It wasn't open. He was alone. There's nothing of some friends but there's nothing he nobody could do there's no way to slow him down nothing it was inevitable death so he just enjoyed the time and he said that they were they were coming to get him like over and over they're like come on and he's like no <laughs> so he stayed in there for a while and enjoyed the falling sensation and then he left wow okay i gotta share this with you i've never shared this before you know for a while there you would see like on tv somebody um not trapeze what is it their high wire act walking like really high 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 up with like the melendas and stuff like that and one of them has fallen i swear to god to you i have had a past life doing that because it's literally terrifying for me i get and i'm not really afraid of heights or anything like i'm not but to see that it's like i can feel every bit of it like there's video uh, like not when he lands but when one of them falls yeah. and like i get so anxious like it's really hard for me to even watch that i swear to god i must have had a past life doing something like this and you know and you know probably probably most likely if you have or that something similar where i had a high fall <laughs> um i was gonna say when we fall the weird thing about it and even animals had taught me this a long time ago yeah. in my uh, one of my guides had taught me this because I needed to know it. It was a very important that I knew this information. Um, animals and people, a lot of times, if we saw them like, uh, let's say like uh, you see a bunny on the side of the road, you see him get kicked by the car and then he's just flailing like that. Remember, I like, have oh. seen it. The bunny isn't there. The human body still goes through the motion. Did you know that the human body can still go through functions without the soul? And the reason that is, is because babies do it all the time. The soul, a lot of times, and, and I don't want, I, I we won't even go on this subject, but it's, it's funny when people tell me about when life begins, where, you know, because, mm -hmm. because it's like, God, if you just knew what I knew, yeah. um, it's just, life begins when the soul arrives in the body. And a lot of times, yeah. Oh, the soul knows if it's going to be leaving soon or if it's not going to be leaving soon. And it leaves just like we do, you know, but there's babies that are born where the soul doesn't even come into the baby for like a week after he's born. I agree. 
Yeah, and there's been people like, we don't know why our baby's cute and he's going cuckoo, but he's not doing anything for a week. And then all of a sudden the baby's got a personality. Like that's when the soul entered. Because there are souls, believe it or not, who said, I am not going to spend another nine months of earth time in there because I've done it so many times. That it's I don't want to hang out there. <laughs> then I have some that want to be in there. And then some take that experience because there's going to be something wrong. So they needed a want to experience that or they're doing a favor for the mom. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, moms, they are freaking the bestest of friends before they come here. So they they know. And, and that's why I want to tell people, if, if a mother needs to do something for whatever reason she needs to do it, that might not have the baby being born, you, trust me, that's harder for her than it is for all you idiots watching it, going, oh, she shouldn't be murdering people. No, this is hard on this woman because she knows this soul inside and out, and this is a choice she had to make. So people do, need, do realize that, and they need to not really get too upset about death. Um, when a loved one goes, of course we miss them. You know, Go ahead and get upset about that. Go through your thing. But don't get upset about how people died. Because most likely, that's not what they want you to remember. I've never had one spirit ever tell me, tell her to remember every day when I crash that you know, motorcycle off the bridge. You know? No, they don't say that. They're like, tell her, that's just how I got home. That was my doorway home. That was the door that opened it up. Oh, hello. That's what I say to David is that I, I end up working, it seems, with a lot of people, I'm sure you do too, that are just literally torturing themselves that they weren't there when their loved one died or they didn't see them they didn't go make that final visit they didn't know they were going to die they were supposed to go see the person they didn't end up seeing them and i know many people like this and i keep saying to them then you there was a reason why you were meant to remember them the way you remember the last time you saw them or, Absolutely. you know, they go home to have a shower, go to get something to eat throughout the hospital bed night and day. And then they're beating themselves up. And then to be able to tactfully and lovingly say to them, there's a reason that happened. You know, maybe they didn't want you to be present. There's many things. There's a nurse, I think I mentioned on the last show, there's a nurse on TikTok. And I love what she's saying. She's kind of doing what you're doing, answering questions about death and dying, but she works in hospice. Yeah, so people I, have a lot of questions about, was this normal or, and the one that I love that she covers and she answers it so lovingly numerous times, especially when you get into culture with human beings and a lot of cultures, food is love. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is palliative and their loved one is not eating and they're not drinking, and people are beside themselves. You're killing my loved one. They're not eating, they're not drinking. What they don't realize, and she explains it so beautifully, if we gave somebody whose organs are starting to shut down, they're gonna be leaving this earthly plane, and you start giving them fluids and all kinds of stuff, you're literally gonna drown them. It's yeah. kind, you know, yeah. it's kinder to have it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she answers a lot of those questions, some of them a little strange, but I'm glad that she does because people see things that we are never exposed to otherwise at the end of life, for example. And I thought, what a gift that she gives to people to do that. Really, really loved it. 
Yeah, it's 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 probably very difficult for those people. I mean, I it's difficult enough for me as a as a medium. I still don't like to see people die. Although I have an easier pe. I have. I have. I have. That's what I did. I worked. I say I've been so blessed to be there hundreds of times at the beginning of life. Never usually a healthy baby with the NICU, and many babies dying, and then um, working out in the community looking after anybody from a week of age to 104 and being there when they die. And then you, it's, it's really a difficult, difficult thing. And it's mostly to support their loved ones because most people, it, I, this sounds terrible, but we know how to die. Just as we know how to be born, we know how to die. Die because we've done it like so many times. I've always had it. It's so funny. And I need, and you know, um, I've always had a harder time with animals dying than I do people. When people oh, it breaks my heart too. I, yes. get, over, I get over it pretty easy, mm -hmm. you know, a big fear of it. But animals, uh, uh, it carries on with me for the longest time. Any kind of animal. I can't watch even another animal hurt another animal. I can't. I can't watch that. I can't. And you know why, though? I know I just don't want to see it, you know. No, but you know what it is? And I've always said this. It was so funny and it was weird. I was thinking about this today that apparently I was terrified of dogs as a very, very, very small little one, a toddler. So my parents got a dog for me when I was just over three years of age. And I have been wildly addicted to animals ever since. And that is one thing I can't watch like um, sometimes and I wish they would put a trigger warning, you know, those shorts on YouTube or something and all of a sudden they'll pop up or they've got this thing coming up on YouTube and it literally makes me nauseous. It's a baby monkey screaming and they're in a lab and it's something PETA put out and it, 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 uh, it kills me. It kills me. I can't stand to hear human babies cry. Never mind. And it's not like it's screeching and piercing. It just it it's something in me. It just breaks my heart. You can you can hear those calls from animals. I, I hear you mm -hmm. know I've I've heard animals and I haven't even know what the animal was. And it was a distress call. And that's what it is. It's a distress call. Oh, I know the answer to this, but Dave's got a good question. What does it say about earth, the earth dimension that it is is it permissible for animals to kill i know the answer to this but i want to hear what you have to say dave i know you do too but you'll say it much more succinctly than i will <laughs> nobody's holding it against you on the other side uh, to do that um I but learned... there's agreements isn't there like you know like the, as i've understood it the animal knows understood but mm -hmm. i was told and in what i know this is the one um i was deep meditation with um, a guide of mine who has been with me since I was a child. And she told me, I'm going to say she, she always presents herself as a she. Um, she was, she's also Archangel Ariel. I love it. Oh, she's animal Archangel, Archangel Ariel. Ariel has been with me since I was a child. And so Saint Germain and so is St. Francis. And those are actually real people that were, except for Ariel. Yes. Those are yes. real people that are here. Um, but Ariel told me that when the earth, when this first all started here, it wasn't meant to be like it is now. You, in the beginning, to kill for food is permissible because animals kill for food is permissible. It is the circle of life. It's how things just have to be. Um, but 
humans have done a terrible disservice um, by overproducing and overkilling um, these animals. Um, they're killing them for no reason. I think that if there was such a thing as sin, I would think for me that's one of the ultimate sins. Um, mm -hmm. There is something called the unforgivable sins, which are true. And the unforgivable sins are torture. So it's torture of children, elderly people, and animals. So what happens for that, Dave? Does that make extra karma? Or what does it mean? Because I agree absolutely 100% with what you're saying. That would be where your help resides. Uh, that would be, it's not an actual geographical place. Um, those people, if there's a person here and they were an animal abuser, most likely they will have to feel the abuse. Um, before they can move on anywhere. And that doesn't mean they're going to come back as an animal be abused. But everything that was done to the animal out of innocence needs to be done unto them so they understand. Because there's never going to be a situation where an animal came here with karma. So, so if you did something to the animal, your karma, that animal has no karma with you, but you have karma with what you did to the animal. So you have to go through that. The animal's off it, scot free. The animal's like, yeah, you shouldn't have did that to me, dude. <laughs> I forgive you, but you know, too bad. And that person has to go through it. Some of it's excruciating from what I hear. Some of it's terrible. I would, I remember, I won't say the politician, but there's a politician in America here, um, did something that caused, a lot, there was a couple of them, did something that caused a lot of children to be uh, killed. Although even though the children, you know, theoretically probably had it in their contract, they said, my God, and I said, what will happen to those people that permitted this? And he said, they will hear the screams of a thousand people for a thousand years. And they went on and on and talked about this. And I'm like, what, really? <laughs> I'm like, and they're like, well, not literally in your, your earth time, but they will have to feel not only what they, what they did to permit that those children went through this potential situation, but also what each and every person who is attached to that child in life feels. So can you imagine? having to go through all that because of a stupid selfish accent action that you did you know what though dave and we're opening a whole can of worms here but i can tell you and you probably know this from speaking with archangel ariel you said you had this conversation with there are some monsters on this earth who have been Girl. doing this and you know what thousand years isn't long enough because i am telling you by animals i have called earth angels as i'm sure you agree children are one of the most beautiful pure souls there ever could be i don't like i said i couldn't even stand to hear my own i can't even when i worked in the nursery i wasn't even a mother yet i, I, I would be carrying babies like just i i can't stand to hear crying and it's not it hurts my ears it hurts my soul that's one yeah. way to say it yep it hurts mm -hmm. yeah, it's thing um and even children that might seem to be evil when they're born still have a potential to change okay so we gotta visit that what do you mean so well, i don't think i've ever run into a child that i could say well i shouldn't say that my my first child you got to put it this way if you were an evil person who left this earth and you have to come back and do a situation all over again how what are you going to start out as a child. I would hope a, a child, but hopefully pure and innocent and by whatever means 
there are children though you are i will agree as not as babies that's where i was going to be they're going to start very pure and innocent possibly when they first get here but because of the fact they were thrown back into a situation that is going to teach them something that they had to learn before so mm -hmm. they might you know end up being you guys are all going to think i like the term demon spawn but my mother used to get so mad and i feel terrible saying this because i adore my kids oh but that's my first my first son I could not put him down for two years. I never slept for two years. I was in labor with him for five days. Okay. Never slept. He, he wouldn't go to his father. He wouldn't go to anybody. I literally wore him in a sling. Okay. I would never have had another child again, had my second not been a surprise. And then I realized afterwards I would have had probably 20 or 17, like my grandmother, if I could have. But my point is, you know what happened? It was like my son had his difficult years, his first two years, he is now 27, almost 27 and a half. I have not had a moment's trouble with that child. It was like he had his terrible twos the first two years. And I, and I, and it's not me being biased as his mom. I yeah. really had no problems with them. Yeah. You never know how they're going to be. See, I'm I called a... them demon spawn though. My mother used to get, I go, Oh my God, where did this kid come from? He just won't my, let me be. My brother is the spawn of satan and yeah. he's he's 50 years old now and he's yeah. just an awful awful person but that's because he, he drinks but he can be nuts but see mm -hmm. i'm a strong believer and maybe uh dave might know what this is too um i'm a strong believer in the harvest mm -hmm. the harvest started i believe it was around 2012 if dave's on here and he knows anything about okay that. so what's the harvest for people listening it has to do with raw the law of one okay uh, with aliens too okay um, let's talk about raw because i'm going to share something here very quickly so um, two ladies in spirit they're both uh one's a medium one's a psychic as well i believe medium and uh very adept with astrology and numerology yeah well we get together and i had gotten from spirit one of the ladies husbands does hypnosis and past life regressions and you wouldn't believe the things we get about what's coming sort of up in the environment with the world and what have you just we don't know why but we're getting information that hopefully can help other people but uh i had been suggested that we undergo a hypnosis session so the one lady went first with her husband i went next the third hasn't had a chance to book it yet but i did raw came up raw came up quite a bit and quite involved in a lot of the information that came up so that's why i really perked up when you said raw so with the harvest with the law of one and what have you what else can you add to that for people maybe that don't know what that means i'm a big proponent in the law of one so there's universal um Yes, Dave's got it. So Okay, so let's read this for people listening. So Dave uh, Petrella says, yes, allowing specific spirits to move on to higher dimensions when the cycle of spiritual development allows for it. Perfect way to say it, Dave. That's absolutely mm -hmm. the best. You, you probably almost said it better than me. Um, and to explain that, so harvest is, that's just what they call it. It's some weird thing. Um, so there are two types of where the reason that the world is split in half right now is because of this. Everybody's coming out of the show. The master tore off. Everybody's got to be who they are. That's why there's so many nasty people, so many good people. But there's two types and truth of being yep. revealed. There's service to self and service to others. Yes. I am not going to say that people that are service that either one is good or bad. All that means is what Dave just said. 
it's where you can go once you're once the cycle is done so is it kind of like how we started this show like where you are if you're at the kindergarten level you stay at kindergarten but if you're say a little bit more evolved you would be able to go higher or not in that way it's uh, okay um best way okay best way to put it in a human term this isn't exactly it but just to put it in a human term so there's there's service to self, service to others. Neither is good or bad. Service to self, people are probably like our politicians, our clergy and all that. They have nothing more than they need. Power, power. It's all about me. They've forgotten even what anything says anymore. They've forgotten about their soul. That's just about them. Um, then there's service to others. Those are the people. They don't, they're not always mediums and stuff. I know a lot of mediums who are service to self. And I know a lot mm -hmm. of service to self. Um, but the service to others are people, uh, they just, they're like, I don't really care about me at this point. I want everybody to be good. I can't, I don't want to see homeless people anymore because I want to make sure everybody's fixed. Everybody's, you know, those are the service to others people. If let's just say, just to put it this way, if you were to come back again later on after these cycles go, if you were service to self, you are going to reincarnate in a dimensional earth that is all about service to self. Gotcha. Okay. All people of your own kind. I don't suspect that that would be a very fun place to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is service to others. Those people will be in another place. Those people will be, you know, building up that. So is this the thing people have been talking about that we're going up? They keep thinking we're going to the fifth dimension and... And so the people who are on, let's say, the planet now that are service to self, they have the potential to move up to service to others. So they can go back to this earth. But those two splits will be there. Um, Dave is right. There's many cycles within cycles. The largest uh, cycle that I know about is 4.32 million year yuga cycle from India. That's getting a little heavy there. So unless we can explain what yeah. that is, because remember, people are listening to me not have a spiritual type background. So let's put it, that's, that's the easiest way to put it, I think, is to say timeline of incarnations. Okay. That's the only way I could put it. Now, there is cycles that ran before that, too. And I kind of know what Dave's talking about. He's, I'm lucky. I'm glad he looked into that because I did not know that information. There is even a longer cycle which dates pre-humanism on Earth. So, because everybody thinks that the Earth was just Adam and Eve and that's how it all started. And there were beings here well before Adam and Eve. <laughs> So Earth is, you know, I don't know how long, you know, whatever they say, how long, if that's accurate, how long Earth has actually been here, but there were beings here before that. And there was another dimensional Earth that was even like right next to like some of the prehistoric eras where they were actually occupied by a human type being. That's just really going down the rabbit hole. But, <laughs> but basically the harvest is... is what, he uh, wants to know what that cycle's called, Dave. The one you were I talking can't about. Remember that cycle? It's it's um. There's an excerpt in the uh, in the uh, text of Ra, and but you have to go back even further. I think th there was something, Dave. If it's it's something, he means I don't know if it's Tibet. I, I want to say it's there. Around oh, there. if you figure it out or we're out, we can connect you guys or I'll send it to Dave or whatever you want so we can figure it out. But now basically, we've got it. 
the harvest is. They're they're basically just saying, okay, let's see who does what. They don't hate anybody. The it's not right or wrong. You're just going to be going with where you are when you leave this plane to where you where you left it basically back to where you are. And that's pretty easy to understand. You're going to be with people, service to self, and human service to self. It's not good or bad. It's just where you're going to go. Service gonna... to others is where you're going to go if you've done that, right? Yeah. There's also something uh, that the aliens are, I don't want to call them aliens. The other beings who watch our planet who are here well before us and they've existed longer than we did because we're actually in their image, not in what the Bible says, um, because God doesn't have an image. And that's not what they speak. That's not what they're talking about when they say the image of God. They're saying that you can do everything God does. You truly can. You can when you go back over there. And if you could remember how to do it here, you would. That's why there's a lot of asshole millionaires that are millionaires anyway, because of the fact they just always say to themselves, I'm going to always have money. I'm going to always have money. I'll just beat down somebody, get the money. They're going to do it because that's they're manifesting beautifully. You know, that part they remember. But yeah, it is splitting off. Um, so there'll be a couple of worlds later on. I always tell people, don't even be concerned about it now. Because everybody always says, I want to go to the fifth, you know, let's, we're in the fifth dimension. This is how you can tell you're in the fifth dimension. You know how you tell you're in the fifth dimension? You won't see any of these people around you who are mean because you're in the fifth dimension. So that's how you can tell, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. would be beautiful, wonderful, lovely, a lot more lovely. Okay. So I got, I came up, but I've, I've come across two really interesting things that I watch while I'm creating and doing my projects. They're a little bit spooky in a way, kind of, but a little bit of a thinking around, we're not, well, we could talk about ghosties, one is. So the first one was glitches in the matrix, which really, really, when you start thinking about, but the second one, I was not looking for this. This is a documentary that's out there. I'll have to look up the name while I'm talking to you. It just got suggested in my YouTube feed. I have no idea why, but it was there and it looked interesting. I'm on the third episode. It is of a woman that is, I believe in, I want to say West Virginia, and they are getting into familial curses now about this. But the whole story is, um, I guess she was raised, her and her sister with her mom, and um, she ended up getting into drugs and stuff like that. She was really searching for herself and got into first being a Wicca and then got into very dark, evil magic, okay? Long story short, they believe she was possessed. Now, this is very interesting. It's not a Hollywood thing. It's a documentary type of thing. You'd have to see it yourself. Something was going on with this woman, but now in the third episode, they're going back to the mom's history that her dad tried to sacrifice her. He was hearing voices. She was just a newborn infant. And uh, the brother, one of the brothers at least, they had a friend that were practicing Satanism and stuff like this. It's quite an interesting story. I, that's um, actually what you're saying there when you're saying like being possessed. The first thing I was gonna, I was gonna quick ask you is like she's being possessed. I'm like, how was her childhood? Because a lot of times, if a soul comes in, it might even be in her thing to be possessed. So what's a familial curse? Because this is what it sounds like. It's a familial curse. And I also, what it was suggested with our story, I don't feel that. I don't believe that. But Yeah, I think that for me, curses, people ask me, are curses real? And I'm, my answer is always going to be no. But here's the caveat on that. If you believe the curse of somebody tells you, yeah, it's your Then told. it is. It'll be. Because you're going to manifest that crap all over the, you know, you're going to just do that. Um with her, though, I kind of feel that it started with her parents. Like when we talked about... Souls I'll find the name. Mm -hmm. Souls coming to innocence. 
I, I think that she did come in innocent and that's how she was groomed into that situation. Oh, definitely. I would agree with the way this, I'm going to find the name. I didn't know we were going to talk about her. I would have thought about it, but it's okay. really kind of spooky just with the thought because there's so much misinformation out there. Now it's a little bit more religious based. They didn't, they're not cramming Jesus down your throat or anything, but there's ministers involved and she had decided she wanted to be baptized. And this is what happened when she, they went to baptize her. They said, I baptize you in the name of the father, the son, as they went to say the Holy spirit, she falls back into the water. And I guess this, this pastor, he's quite young. He said some kind of Lutheran rite of, um, of, oh God, why can I not think of it? Removing, I know what the, oh, exorcism. Sorry, I had to think about it for a sec. Exorcism, right? Under, he said it very quietly. And this is not a fake scenario. This is actual video. When she comes up, it sounds like a wounded animal screaming. And then there's a couple EVPs that come through because people were recording it. People were so happy. Like the mother says that in this, this show, I'll find it for you guys can look this up yourself because I'm not doing it justice. But she says her daughter was possessed. I guess she was detoxing from heroin while she was with the mom. She was staying with her. And um, then the mom said, this isn't the first time I've seen it. So they're getting into the third episode now of why she would say something like that. So it's it's quite the story and it's scary for people to hear this. So that's why I'm asking you from spirit perspective, what you feel, because you've also done paranormal investigation too. She definitely has some influences in her. I, I don't believe though. It's kind of like, you know, I'm like probably the worst person. It's called Dark Holler, H-O-L-L-E-R. It's called the Paranormal docu-series on YouTube. And it's some called Dark Holler. Some of the realest supernatural things in this entire world you will never ever see on TV. And I think that's, and, and that's good because some of the, I think a lot of the times on TV, I mean, I've, I've done some TV type shows before and they edited everything I said. Oh, every, I've done TV and I can tell you, we were interviewed for six hours. We brought pictures, we signed releases for my ex-husband to be involved. The only one that did not want to be involved was my eldest son. Yeah. And we respected that. And we had, when we saw the episode, like anybody else that would see it for the first time, we saw it for the first time. We had no say in anything they said. We didn't talk to the psychics that commented, the actors that played ourselves. Now, the interesting thing is, one of the psychics who commented on the episode, we're now very good friends with, she's on her network. So it's funny how the world works, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how you met. That's who you're supposed to meet. Um, as far as me, like, okay, I have heard I and I'm going to say this is my truth. It's my truth just because what I know from talking to these guys, and I have to trust them. I've been talking since I was a kid. They, they never steer us wrong. They've been yeah, they've been right so far. Yeah. As far as like exorcists and all that, and um, exorcisms were done not for the right reasons in the beginning. Um, they abuse mental ill people who are mentally ill. And took that back then, which they didn't know. I agree. They they did that as these people are possessed, and they weren't. They were mentally ill, and they needed help. Um, I've talked to more spirits in these asylums who have told me, no, they're wrong. This is what really happened. But so they were never exercised. And then 
I kind of there's a part in that I don't know if it was in the Inquisition or something or right before the beginning of Roman Catholics and I don't know why they keep giving me this film and a picture and it's done it over and over where priests were literally they were people were literally driving people crazy in order for the priests or whatever to exercise them and they weren't exercised they were abused and this is what they were thought they would go through but it was so strong they equivalent stuff like speaking in tongues and the screaming and all that with the possession to this that was tell me dave remember when you were a child and you went to a concert you remember when the music started and you got in a frenzy and you got in that emotion and everything and you shared that emotion with five thousand other people in there because that emotion was so strong that's what happens in churches, and that's what I believe happens on paranormal investigations when they bring in an exorcism, an exorcist. They're all sharing the same energy of a moment, so they're manifesting a moment. It's not real. Um, okay, I, so let's talk it, more about demons when you well, get these. Yeah, get I do believe that people can be influenced, and there are some scary, some scary things out there. But well, I've been watching the Foreman Brothers with Paranormal Nightmare, and the one thing that that concerns me is these people that are claiming that they have been raped by something that's not there. What is that? What's causing that? them it's not i've asked those guys over and over i'm like can you guys have the ability or anything else to rape as far as anything like that they said absolutely not there's absolutely nothing they can do but remember what i said about scratches how you can manifest a scratch on yourself or manifest a bruise or manifest that they can mm -hmm. manifest that rape as well i mean I, uh, from a, I'm not saying real-time rape with people. So anybody who's ever been through that, I'm not talking about real world. I'm talking about ghosts, ghosts. Mm -hmm. uh, that has to be manifested through that. There has to be an agreement. There always has to be an agreement between two parties in order for something to happen, always. And you can agree to something if you're not of right mind. You're going to. It's, it's like a whisper in your head and then telling you something over and over people who hear voices like bad voices like when people ask me weren't you afraid if you heard voices they were going to do something i'm like i've been hearing voices in my head for 50 over 50 years not one bad thing was ever said in 50 years and we're talking about all day long they talk to me so no if it's bad it's it's not it's not these guys on the other side it might be someone in the astral plane getting next to you um, well, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm not talking about the good guys. I'm talking about like, the you know, and I've also thought, are we manifesting more of this? They could probably, re, uh, you know, they could probably uh, influence you, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. If this, the thing is influencing you to have that memory of that, uh, that experience, you're going to have it and it's going to seem real. So I can't doubt the people who said, there are some people who said ghosts did terrible things to them, like maybe that. I still can't judge them for it because I don't know what went on between them and that spirit as far as in their mind or connection goes. So if they really had that connection, they're probably really feeling that emotion of that. So I don't think they need an exorcist. <laughs> I think they need like a spiritual therapist to say, hey, I understand that in your mind this happened, but we need to let you know that you really weren't physically violated. You were violated mind to mind and that you can deal with. You can fix that. You know, I think it's a lot harder when somebody actually violates your human awake body than if they violate the astral part of yourself. Does that make sense? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I don't know everything. So, you know, I can't sit here and pretend to say that I'm absolutely right and they're absolutely wrong. I hear you. I absolutely know is that the body only takes one soul. You oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to agree if you let any energy come through you. And I mean, and I'm the first to say that because that's a big part of like my, uh, when I do um, like my gallery readings, when I do gallery readings for people, I'm a different, it's a diff- little different reading than if I do them on Zoom or do them for one of my regular clients. I sit there doing meditation and I let them just come in. I mean, literally what I say before I go on stage is, okay, I hope you're there. Let's go. That's it. That's all I got in my head. I don't have anything planned. I have nothing. And I just walk out and just hope that they're going to be there or show me something. And they've never let me down yet. But So you're not trance channeling is what you're saying, though. You just don't know who's going to come in for whom and you're just open to it. Once I get the connection is when it happens. So once my connection comes in, so if I'm in the audience and I'm like, I'm coming over here, this guy's name is maybe Larry or whatever, and he's with you, does that make sense? And they say yes, and I start telling them something and I can see in them, it's like, yes, they know who it is. As soon as that connection happens, I guess I have a choice, but I don't have a choice. They merge in. And then as they're telling me everything, as I say it to them more often, they always go, God, you sound just like them, or you're talking just like they talked. I'm like, well, that's because they're that is them. urging their energy. I never leave my body ever. It's almost like it's almost like I'm driving a car and they got in, and instead of me hollering out my window to them, I'm like, why don't we just change places or I'll go sit in back and you holler to them, <laughs> you know? And that's mm-hmm. where I basically just take a back seat. Right. And, and they just tell me what to say, or they put the, you know, you don't not tell me what to say. They put the, it's almost like their face comes through me and comes onto here. It's like they're, it's melt together. And that's how I get there. But at no time during that, do I ever have a fear of not being me in there again, or having a fear of not getting myself back? That could be broken at any time. And I can tell you how that is. I was doing a reading like that one time. And this person, basically, they were making my legs move. They were doing everything. They were kicking. We were laughing. It was the audience. We were all laughing at what this lady was telling me and doing. <clears throat> Somebody dropped something in the corner. Boom. Loud. And I looked over, and she was gone. Connection was gone. Connection was completely broken. So they knew. I always... I've. I've never had that fear. And then it's implied for me. I always, I've been, doing, I've been talking to these guys for so long. I'm like, the first thing I say to them is I'm only taking things from the highest of love, light, and consciousness. If I do a paranormal uh, investigation, though, I leave that out. Okay, so let's talk about, we're going to get spooky. We've got about a half hour left. Let's get into some scary stuff then that... From okay. your perspective, I'm interested in hearing this because, you know, there'll be people that'll go in with a preconceived notion, especially if you go to a well-known place or whatever. Have you gone to places like that? Well, I'll just let you take it away because I know you've done paranormal investigating. Yeah, they've they've done some pretty uh, one, and I have it in the YouTube. I'm very picky about any paranormal people I work with. And the reason is because if they are anything like, like Zach, Zach, anything like that, or if I work with any group and they start hollering out stuff to them and they say, we have to agitate them. So they answer back. I have a problem with that too. You don't. You're such an idiot. 
No, you don't. You don't. You literally just have to be there and listen. They don't need you to egg them on. In fact, they're not even hearing your voice as you think they're hearing your voice. Mm-hmm. Reading your energy, not your yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. So, but I have been in places. The, the one place I went to, uh, it was in Indiana. Uh, I'll think of the name of it because if anybody's here, if that place is still available to uh, investigate, it's I would by all means um, please go there. It's in Indiana. I'll think of it in a minute. I promise you. Before I go, I'll think of it. Randolph County in, uh, Asylum. Randolph uh, Randolph County Asylum in Indiana. Very uh, haunted. I'm going to use that word haunted. Let's just use our spooky term. Okay. It's freaking haunted. There are ghosts all over that place. And they do some strange things. We were doing a gallery reading there and I start talking to this lady, the person I'm with, they were doing a reading on them and then we got done and I'm like, and I looked at her and I said, do you remember having a little bird when you were 13 years old? And she's with her mom and her mom goes, how did you know the year? And I said, it was 13. I said, the bird showed me 13. I said, that bird's still with you. I said, the bird was growing up. It was just bigger. It's big now. And it's just one to know. Thank you for all you did. That's the basically the bird just came in to say that. There was some paranormal investigators in that room because they wanted to get EVPs while we were doing readings. The EVP, like almost after I was done saying that whole thing, was of a loud, loud, like macaw bird going, no way. You could not, you could hear a pin drop in that room, but it's on that. Yeah, I've got the recording on my uh, my YouTube, um, mm-hmm. my YouTube on my Facebook. Uh, I'll send it to you. Uh, but it's quite interesting. Uh, we've had all kinds of that stuff happen. Um, me and my friends were in a room investigating. We put the laser. You know what the laser grid is, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know all the equipment. Yeah, I'm pretty well, well familiar. We're all sitting in this big room, and there's two mediums, and then three and two investigators. Two investigators, not mediums, and then two mediums. So usually, you know what happens when the mediums in a room, they usually, you know, they can pick up on that because I don't know if mediums give off something, but we were, all the laser grid lights were on and we're all just talking and all just talking. And all of a sudden we turn on the, you know, EVP and we start asking questions and it got really quiet. All of a sudden we see as if it was running down the hall, straight into that room towards us, all the lights started going boom, 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 you know, cutting off. Scared the living crap out of us. We all pulled back. That spirit was, was, he had a mission to scare us. That one did. And, and it, and it wasn't terrible. I mean, we all laughed and we're like, wow, did we get that on film? Did we get Yeah, something? yeah, of course. That's what you want to catch on film. Yeah, we're trying to film that. We had them walk in. Um, that was one of the first times, and this is what I tell people, they touched me. And, I had 15 witnesses sitting in front of me as he did it. The first one I was sitting there and the guy, it was a big paranormal group. They were wonderful. Oh my God, the beautiful equipment. They were so beautiful with the spirits. Wonderful. And I was standing there and he's asking me, he's like, you're that medium Dave. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, hold on a minute. I'm going to ask what they can touch you. He said, does that bother you? I'm like, no, go ahead. So I went and I've, never really had that as much you know happen and i she's like this is david he's a medium do you think that you could touch him and i'm sitting right next to this guy and all of a sudden boom i mean right in my side and he got me good and it didn't hurt and it touched me and, I, and they all watched me jump and it's all on film they're like holy shit and yeah. we're laughing about it 
And I said, please don't do that again because that scared me. And you could see it in the film. He he touched he touched my shirt again, and you can see my shirt move. And I ran. That was that was like a one in a million for me. That does not happen that often. People okay. say that, but it doesn't. It it takes so much energy for them and me to produce that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unbelievable, especially for them. You got to remember, ghosts are energy. Yeah. So if they if they do anything, if you're doing an investigation and something does get thrown or moved, do you guess it can happen? But do you know how much energy they have to use in order to do that? They're coming from an astral plane or maybe even from the spirit world. They're, they've got to lower their vibration to get here. So their vibration is yeah. low to begin with. And mediums, you know, as you know, Lordly, we have to raise our vibration in order to contact them. Even a, even a mean spirit, their low vibration is still not as low as ours. If it was solid, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it, we've had all kinds of that stuff. The little girl. Um, that was probably the coolest one when I was, I was about 20 years old living at my parents' house. I was, and I fell asleep on the couch and just the TV was on. I was watching Laverne and Shirley and I will never forget this, this yeah. day. It was the black and white ones. It was mm-hmm. completely dark in there. And I sat up for a minute and I'm watching and in the, in the, um, in the hallway, there's like a hallway here and then down to the right there was my parents' room. In the hallway, a little girl comes out and she's rocking back and forth like this. And she goes, David. And I looked and I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. And I went, Samantha? And that Samantha's my niece. She was about five then. Yeah. Or five then. And I said, Samantha? And I heard it. And my mom, everybody heard it. She said, David. And then she went, laughed and went running down the hall towards my parents' room. And in my head, that was my niece. So I got up and I ran down the hallway and I go to my parents' room and I slowly opened it up. And I said, hey, I'm sorry to bother you. I said, I think Sam ran in here. Do you want me to take her back in the other room? And my parents get up there like, what? They're like, Sam's not here. Yeah. I didn't know she is. They're like, no, it's Sunday. She goes to school tomorrow. She's not here. And right away, I just, I sat there and I said, I just turned. What is it goes? And I was like, Oh my God. I said, that little girl, she was here. She was saying, David, she goes, is that who was saying David? And I said, yes, you heard that. They're like, yes. Yeah. And um, we found out later on that little girl was in that house that, that, that died in there a long time ago, but she showed, I saw her so perfectly. I never saw a spirit. So almost as physically as I saw the aliens when I was younger. I mean, she was like there, you could see her, you know, I couldn't make out the face, but I couldn't make out the silhouette. And wow, thing is, after that, that particular house, whenever I went out, they would terrorize. They would terrorize my family. Um, they would be upstairs where my bedroom was because I was the only one who slept upstairs. They'd be upstairs, they'd hear noises all day long, night long. Where I was, I was a bartender at the time, they'd hear the noises, and then I would come home. And my mom said, I always know when you're coming home because the noises stop. They stopped as soon as I came home. And Why? Down. I I don't know. Um, I think they've just wanted me there, or I don't know. I, to this day, I don't know what spirits were doing that. I didn't feel them to be um, malicious. 
Yeah, but I did feel them to be odd. There was a very odd, eerie feeling about them. So I don't know what their deal was, but boy, they were so loud in that house. I mean, they, I had an attic door in that room as well. And I, my mom said, maybe they followed you from the other house. Because when, when I was a child, there was also an attic door in my bedroom uh, outside the door. And they used to open and close that all the time. And they used to do it in this one too, in the new house. So I wondered if that was the same ones. Um, but I've got, I've got like some pictures of orbs and stuff like that. But other than that, how about your experiences with going out? Myself? Okay. Well, first I want to give a huge shout out. We've got Heather Cooper here. Hey, we've got Michelle Crap from Australia. G'day, Laura. She says, g'day, everyone. It's morning over there. So it's not uh, Halloween anymore. It's Halloween night here. Dave Patrol says they stop sometimes if they know they can't get away with it. Pretty now, much, Dave, that's what I think too. That's he actually makes a good point there. Maybe when they I got home, they figured Dave's not gonna put up with it. He knows that it's us. You know, it's not that you're not gonna put up put up with it. Now for myself, um it was really weird when all this stuff started happening at the last house. And I remember talking to my roommate who I've known since I was about 15 or 16. And when I told her what was going on, cause I know she doesn't believe in any of this stuff. She shocked the hell out of me. Cause you know what she said to me? She goes, I'm not shocked at all, Laura. She goes, there was always, and I lived with you, you would know things and you would know them and I wouldn't know why you would know them. And I don't remember this, but she did clear as day. And then growing up, um, like this runs on my mother, my, sorry, my father's side. And I ran into one of my cousins the other day, about a week ago, we were talking about this and she isn't into this kind of stuff, but she kind of was, she kept kind of going back to it. And I was telling her about our grandmother on my dad's side and she didn't know this. And I always never liked this cousin. We are six months and one day apart and our first children are six months and one day apart. And she was born out of wedlock back in the day, 50 years, 50 something years ago, that was not acceptable. So my grandmother raised her and I was always compared to her because we were so close in age. There was tons of grandchildren. And then as I got older, I realized this wasn't her fault. She, it wasn't her fault. She was raised as just, we were so close in age. And my grandmother considered her like one of her own children. Anyways, um, I ended up telling her that my dad had told me this story. There were 17 children and he was about 12 at the time. And his third older brother wasn't home for supper. And they were all sitting down. My grandmother was from Belgium. Her name was Blondine. And my grandfather, good French Canadian, uh, Catholic man with heavy French accent, right? And mm -hmm. they were sitting down to the table. And the way my father always used to tell it, my grandmother stood up and started screaming and saying, I won't say my uncle's name, but he's not here. He's dad. He's dad. He's dad. And like my dad said, he thought it was like 603 or something. And he said, my, my grandfather stood up and said, my grandmother's name was like said, Blondine, Blondine, sit down. You're being ridiculous. You're scaring the children. He's just late for dinner. He'll be back. And I guess about an hour and a half later, the police showed up and knocked on the door and my uncle was dead. And apparently what had happened was the back this was the early 50s probably mid 50s um they were hot rodding along a road and there's no seat belts and my uncle was driving first in his car and his best friend behind him there for some reason the door opened and he fell out and his friend ran him over 6:03 p.m oh no mm -hmm. i believe so, that spirits can show up and do that mm -hmm. yeah. 
so that was that's where it sort of came from but my whole point is the only thing like i never had the experiences quite that you did i had very strange experiences actually i'm glad we're going to bring this i'll bring this up um i remember my first paranormal experience as a four-year-old but one summer uh when i was eight turning eight years old and it was from the time the snow started to melt so about the end of may until about the end of october every night at three o'clock and I knew nothing about I knew nothing about the paranormal knew nothing about this I would wake up unable to breathe and be completely blue I kid you not my father was no 911 I would be terrified to go to sleep because I knew it was going to happen they couldn't find out what was wrong with me my father would end up scooping me up there were times I passed out I remember one time I talked to you about having near-death experiences you said you had many you told me this myself I remember yeah. I would stop breathing completely. I would pass out. And I remember my mother screaming, oh, my God, she's completely blue. My father would grab me, get me in the car as he's driving down the road. It was like I would come to and start breathing. They never found out what happened to me. They thought maybe it was asthma. They had, and it just happened that one year. I have no reason why. Do you think that it, the reason I'm bringing this up, and I'll tell you, I'll make this quick. Mm-hmm. I think that that could might have been a, um, a soul memory from something else. That's what I'm wondering. It was something like I can't even say like even if I wanted to consider paranormal, I couldn't because it is. It is there in was a way. no nothing going on in the house that would have made me thought when that. I was 22. I started getting really sick, and I started getting all these symptoms. And they took me to the doctor, and they told my parents, "We think he has Hodgkin's mm-hmm. and Hodgkin's disease." You know, mm-hmm. and it's a blood cancer. Yeah, with the lymph nodes and my lymph nodes and all that. But anyway, they did some tests and all that stuff. And they came back. They're like, he doesn't have it. But we don't know why he's showing the symptoms. I was showing the symptoms for him. They didn't know. Anyway, they cut up my neck. They took out a lymph node. They checked it. They did the biopsy on it. They called my mom back. They said, it's fine. We don't know what to do. And she said, okay, well, we'll just watch him. And I just got better. It was fine. I just got mm-hmm. all better. And then we put two and two together. My name is David Neal Hansel. Mm-hmm. My uncle Neil died when he was 22 of Hodgkin's disease. And so me and him met the same symptoms and it's at the same age. Wow. So do you think that you, you're not the reincarnation of him though, are you? Or that you were just that energy? I don't feel it. I don't feel it, nor could I prove it, nor could I validate it, nor has it been said to me on any professional basis by several people. If you look at his picture or my picture, we look a lot alike. Um, that's one. And, and the two is the way he, I used to always stare at his picture because I, for me, I, I he smiled like I smiled. It felt so familiar. That is, yeah. So it's either that or either I knew him or he's someone that I just know. Um, from a past life or spent past lives with he just wasn't going to spend this one with me he had already left mm-hmm. uh, no but i was mimicking those and it was right around the same side so that could be something you might have soul memory i maybe might have been him or if had you ask me now i do believe it was soul memory and if you ask me right now what i feel i do believe i was a witch but i feel like i was hung yeah, and most likely there's a lot of people in the spiritual field now who were that and they mm-hmm. came back here. It's really funny that if this is for Halloween, you guys, and you can tell anybody you know, and I don't care if witches hate me or not for this. All the people who 
where witches back then are coming back here as spiritual helpers to people now. Mm -hmm. They weren't really, they weren't bad. They weren't people. bad. They were healers. A lot of them and back lot then of them came back as witches again. And the, the witches that we have now are very for humanity. I don't know why everybody thinks that witches are these evil people who cause curses and spells. They all know that if they do something like that, it comes back to them. So they better yes, have they a really good reason for doing stuff. You would not believe the people that think I am, like I practice Wicca. Or, I don't. I'm aware of it. And I have a friend who um, I've had on many times. She's amazing. And I think she she did talk about this on air, so I can say it. Varla Ventura, she's so fascinating. She's written books on the paranormal, fairies, vampires, werewolves, the strange, the oddities, whatever. I had no idea about this till the last time I had her on. I got to have her back on. She said every time before she goes and does a podcast, she pulls a tarot card. Mm -hmm. She said every single time without fail, without fail. She even pulled the card to show it on air that night. She pulls the Empress card for me, which doesn't have to do with witchcraft. It's just the thing is, it's just so odd. And she always, she was joking on air that I was a witch. She was like, I don't know why, but so many people think I am. It's almost like you know, that. And, the, and a lot of people don't understand that you're actually, most of us who have been here a long time are probably all, all also living parallel lives in a parallel yeah. Universe. Yes, well. you could be living a parallel life in a parallel universe right now. That's like 1890 or the 1700s. David, we always get into these fascinating things where we're almost done because I love talking about parallel universes and other dimensions. Hi, Carrie. Carrie says she agrees. Uh, witch or wise woman. And yeah. David, your archway looks like a pharaoh. That's what Michelle says over in Australia. It's your. I, you're looking like uh, you look. You're seeing my. There's a little hanging basket right next to that. That's making it look like a hand coming out of a pharaoh. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. We well, I'm gonna have Dave back on again. We're gonna. She said layers of Michelle also added layers of life and time. But I love to talk about that, like dimensions and timelines, and because the more I get into this, and the further I start you know, researching and talking to different people. I have to agree with you. I think we are living multiple yeah. timelines. Same you time. know, for anybody who's playing in the spiritual field, you don't have to be, okay, if you're going to give somebody a reading, you need to be accurate, okay? But when we're just discussing stuff like this, yes. we, like I said, we all have different perceptions and we're, we're built that way. We all, we all see heaven differently. We all see the white light differently. We all see it all differently. It's our perception. But the best way to get to the bottom of something that you want to know about is discuss it with a lot of people. Because the, yes. the truth is going to come out at some point. You're going to get that aha moment where you go, oh, my gosh, I was wrong. That's right. And I can tell you that because um, when when I was, uh, oh, you know what, Michelle? Um, she says she looks like a pharaoh. We were talking about Ra earlier. And you weren't talking. Uh, so maybe you're seeing that. I'm a big fan of Ra. I love Ra. Um, paranormal nurses, oh. Um, oh, do you think that paranormal awareness is more prevalent now? Of course, we've got like two minutes left, Dave. You're good, but I will have him back on, I promise, here, uh, Heather. But we've got to give him a quick answer here, Dave. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yes, it's very close. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've been talking to my guides a lot about it, and um, we'll have to save it. We'll talk about that some more. But yeah, it's becoming more open. We are literally moving over. And like I said, it's only going to take 1%. It only takes 1% of the human population right now to move us over to the next level. And we're like this close. And so as long as we can just, you know, keep it separated. If you want to go do your bad stuff, go do your bad stuff. I'm doing yeah. that. And that's the world I'm going to live in. And as soon as you stay in that world, that's the world that's going to happen for you. That's how you move over to another world. You stay in that thought and you just go over. You know, that's how we go from dimension to dimension. Um, I think we need to learn from our uh, extraterrestrial friends, hopefully, when they finally get here. If we can get that 1%, you'll see them. Um, they'll, well, they'll... Carrie says, cool. She was hoping you'll come back. Carrie says, yes. Dave says, great show. Thanks, guys. Michelle says, happy yeah. Halloween. Where can people find you? I can't say anything right now. But like I said, I'm sure you're going to see Dave again. Quite, quite, pretty sure about it. But go ahead, Dave. Where can we find you? Because you have your own podcast, too. I have a podcast called Mystic Stew. I'll be podcasting more on it soon. Um, it's more bloggy. Um, and then I also have, I'm on TikTok, so I just answer questions. So if you have benefits, any kind of questions, you can ask me that on TikTok and answer them. My website is theywhispertome.com because that's how I hear them. It's like a whisper. And um, I do all different kinds of readings. Uh, some of my favorite ones to do, and I know I got it out there now, it's called a clarity reading. And that's where we get together. Uh, whether you know your guide or not, I, I contact guides and basically they will validate that they know you and they give me usually validation that they'll talk about your life and then they'll go, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm like, okay, then I got the right people. And then they can help you on the path that you are currently on now to try to get you to where you want to be. That's a lot of fun. Um, those guys are so much fun to talk to. Our guides have senses of humor. They're beautiful. Um, they're, they're cool. They're just very cool. I wish everybody here would talk to the damn guide. And I also show people how to do that in those readings as well. But yeah, you can get hold of me there. I do all kinds of stuff. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to tell you guys too. Thank you so much. Happy Halloween to everybody. Everybody that's here, please make sure to share this with your friends if you think they'll be interested as well as there's shows for somebody, everybody, something for everybody on this network. So please make sure you share that as well. If you ever want to get a hold of me for reading, healing sessions, I do mentoring, things like that. You can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock. I have two groups on Facebook, Paranormal University for all things paranormal. Then the Angel Rocker Tribe are some of the things we talked about tonight as well. The esoteric, spirituality, things like that. Um, next week, I will be back. Same time, same space. And this was by request. So I don't know what he has in mind. He's been on here before. Augie Noost. He is the co-host of Broadcast Team Alpha. And he hit me up a couple weeks ago and said, Laura, we need to do a show together. So I said, hey, yes, let's do it. So it'll always be fun. It's never the same show with Augie. Anyways, Dave. Thank you so, so much. Happy Halloween to everybody. Stay safe. Love y'all. And we'll uh, see you same time, same space next week. Much love and light. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be. We'll see you next week.